Freak, only on 1350 ESPN. Said I'm be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Go deep. Welcome to Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Live from the Horizon Event Studio, Frenchie is actually on vacation today. He decided week two, I'm going to take a vacation to Florida in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, so we'll see if we let him back in the studio next week, where I think we're going to have him uh, get a COVID test on air, a rapid COVID test over at Horizon. Uh, but I am joined here with Dustin, who's uh, board hopping, engineering, producing, and co-hosting. How you doing, man? Great. Happy New Year. Yeah, how, Happy how New Year's Eve to you. I'm doing all right, man. I'm kind of in the spot of... The struggle of, yes, it's New Year's, finally, end of the year. I should go out. I should party hard. I should be in every picture. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe Maybe. not. And like I said before, I was born for this quarantine thing, so I'm so ready to just be home tonight and chill. You got big plans tonight? I have nothing. You know, I kind of am, too. I I like to go out, but this year it's been okay to stay in, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, you know, one, you don't want to catch the COVID, you know? You don't want to catch corona and give it to grandma after the holidays. Uh, two, you don't PR wise, you don't want to be caught in pictures being downtown in the middle of 2000 people on court Avenue or yeah. wherever you may go. Uh, you know, and three, there's plenty of football going on tomorrow morning today, yes. you know, plenty of reasons to just chill back. Maybe a couple friends, six friends, as they say, socially distance <laughs> in your garage, you know, yes. whatever you need, but I don't need 70 people around yeah. me today. You gotta be ready for all the great sports this weekend. Yes. Like going to be said. a good weekend. A lot pushed into one weekend. We got a great show for you. It's going to be a lot pushed into one show. Uh, I do want to celebrate, you know, 2020. Highlight 2020, get us ready for 2021, and uh, also look at what they call Save Our Stages, live live music. Talk about where that's going in the next year, because we know what happened in 2020 as far as the pandemic and live music. I feel like they were one of the uh, most underappreciated and ignored industries during this whole year. Uh, but to start the show, uh, we got a lot going on for you. I got Austin-based rap duo Black Lack joining the program next hour. Uh, also, former NFL running back and Hawkeye great Tavion Banks will be joining us here in about 15 minutes. He's bringing a new segment called Bank On It, a friendly opportunity for you to win some prizes and punish Frenchie, Frenchie all at the same time. Uh, also, in the next hour, I got creator, owner of Hinterland Festival, Woolies and Fleet Farm concerts or first fleet concerts, uh, Sam Summers. He'll be joining us in the second hour. I'm real excited to talk to him about one, my Cyclones who are playing this weekend. And two, the future of live music when we talk Save Our Stages. Uh, Sam is one of the largest promoters in the Midwest, definitely the largest in Iowa. And uh, he's done a million shows, produced a couple of festivals for myself and my other uh, when I worked for the Ops. And he knows a lot about the business. He's well respected in the business. I'm excited to hear what he thinks as far as 2021 and beyond when it comes to live music. Uh, Of course, we're opening up the phone lines to you at the bottom of each hour. Your opportunity to call in, talk about your favorite team, talk about one of the callers that we had on the show. Uh, tell me how great or bad I'm doing, but talk about it. And let's, you know, if you come incorrect, if you're a little rude, if you don't have the right language for radio, Dustin will be hanging up on you and you can try again next week. You're on that, Dustin. Yep. I'm, I'm sad. He's ready. He's got his finger by the button. He's way quicker than Frenchie, by the way. So we're, we're, I won't tell him that. Yeah. We won't tell him, but he knows he's not a, he's not a, we can see he's a big guy. He knows there's nothing quick about him anyway. Uh, but make sure you check in with us. Uh, five, one, five. Uh, 244-1350, 515-244-1350. We'll open up the phone lines to you and uh, we'll have a little fun with that. Um, I do want to talk Cyclones. The Fiesta Bowl is scheduled this Saturday. Cyclones versus Oregon Ducks. They're going to spend some time traveling today to Glendale, Arizona. The Vegas line currently has Iowa State as a four-point favorite. Do you, you think they can cover? Do you think they can win? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you have to be positive, right? Oh, I'm, I've been positive the last like six days. And then now all of a sudden yesterday morning, I woke up and I was kind of nervous. Iowa's game was canceled. And I'm like, all right, Cyclones, this is the year. 
or the moment to end a great year. Uh, Say so what, what changed? What made you so? Uh, I think just because we're getting closer, you yeah. know, you get nervous for your team. I don't like to bet on my own my own teams. I don't like to bet on the Cyclones. I don't like to bet on the Eagles, the Sixers. Uh, but I like to watch the line and see how much respect they're getting. And four points is close, but not close enough for me to say, "Oh yeah, let's throw some money on it and try to you know really get cocky about it." Uh, but do they do they drag the Ducks here? Is Brock Purdy going to finally go back home playing against his old foe and uh, the Ducks quarterback Tyler Shuck? And really shine in front of his friends and family on TV, but in his hometown, or is this not ready for yet? I think they have. The times I've watched Oregon, um, wasn't sure about him, but then in the Pac-12 championship, of course, they look great. Yeah, so. you know, and um, Brock, this is his opportunity, his moment to kind of solidify himself as a legit NFL prospect. I don't think he'll come out this year. I think next year he'll come out, but this is where he starts that momentum for next year and as a senior to lead this team. Um, and I'm curious to see, you know, we got Tavion coming on in about I'm curious to see what he thinks of Brees Hall, you know, from one running back to another running back. Is there any respect there? I mean, he's really fun to watch. That's, yeah. that's what I can say he's, about him. So. He's a quick little mother, you know, uh, but uh, we'll talk to him after a break, like I said. But I do want to hop into what a crazy year has been. A lot of people said this year dragged on forever. For me, it felt like it flew by because I remember leaving back in March, maybe March 8th. And I felt like I didn't leave my house again until June 8th. So I don't know if I blacked out or if we just shut down or what. Very weird. It's a really long year, but it went by so fast. Yes. I don't it, know why. It, it, it flew by, but there was a lot packed into, you know, such an eight-month span. Uh, so let's talk on the timeline. Uh, drummer, hit that beat. We're going to see where you were when you heard these moments. January 20th, the first known coronavirus case in the U.S. was diagnosed in the state of Washington. January 26th. Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashes, killing all aboard. I still can't say that without getting choked up. You remember where you were when you heard that? Oh, yes, exactly. My, my little brother, he was in Philadelphia, called me, told me he thought Kobe passed away. And uh, he saw the news and I hadn't seen him for 90 minutes. I thought he was the biggest liar in the world. And I'm like, why would someone call me and joke about that? And then it was everywhere. And that took me to a whole new level. And that was, you know, that was starting the year. That was January 26th. And so... Yeah, but I, re- I was in uh, Madison having lunch with my cousin, I re- and we got text messages and just everywhere, right? There it was just couldn't believe it. And along with his daughter, it was just a a, a strong, powerful moment. Brought a lot of people together. Uh, but that was January twenty sixth to start the year. February second, Super Bowl live from Miami, packed houses everywhere. We're celebrating. It was a good year. March eleventh, NBA shuts down the season due to Ruby Gobert of the uh, Utah Jazz and the infamous press conference where he touched everything. everything. Did he? Uh, do some lick the microphones i believe he, he or, licked the microphones licked his hands touched the board and then did it in the locker room and then found out the next day that he had coronavirus i guess that, that's karma and that was back when we were shooketh of coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> there was a lot going on and we didn't know what was happening and he just shut it down for everyone that was march 11th march 12th mls nhl xfl all suspend their seasons xfl tried to make a comeback coronavirus shut them down for Man, good maybe bad luck on just stick, everything. stick to wrestling Vince McMahon. Yes. stick to wrestling also on march 12th mlb canceled spring training and delayed the start of the regular season march 16th as the state across or as the state starts to, or as the country starts to shut down phoenix makes a blockbuster trade for deandre hopkins this is march 16th we didn't really respect it then but houston texans just gave up on the season back on march 16th 
they were done with everything already then yeah like, yeah they're like wow what a what a horrible year let's just get rid of deandre hopkins and just call a watch and yeah. let's give us david johnson let's see what he's yeah, got you know, no disrespect to you and i but it hasn't panned out uh but that was a blockbuster trade back on march 16th four days after all the sports you can think of shut down Tiger King drops on Netflix, the distraction we all needed. He was the hero we needed at the time we needed it because we're stuck at home. That was the start of quarantine, and we got a great season of the Carol Baskin that Hunter. That was everywhere. That was, I mean, look at the Halloween costumes that are produced. Look at the, the meme. That was a great time for us to just smile again because it, it was a dark week yes, prior to that. That was tough. Uh, that was March 20th. March 24th, Olympics, July of 2021. The Olympics are happening next year. I'm really looking forward to that. I, I'm kind of excited. I keep Some forgetting that. Trials coming up here you know, before you know it. Of all the things that happened in 2020, they got pushed to next year. So there's a lot of good concerts, a lot of good shows, a lot of good next year, including the Olympics in July of next year. April 19th, ESPN, the last, or ESPN premiered The Last Dance, an early arrival, carrying us five weeks through April and May. Can you believe that? That it, it really changed everyone's emotions. There was now different contacts. There's sports content on social media again because yep. we went a month without any sports and now sports talkers like you and i had something to talk about and it was mj it was it, it took us back to the 80s the 90s every and sunday was, night everybody was locked in and again it was that hero we needed when we needed it because we had lost kobe bryant we were still given you know everyone hates on lebron's and your season mm -hmm. is now not happening so lebron's not winning a championship this june you know that upcoming june and espn dropped a bomb on us and it was amazing it was beautiful that was April 19th. April 23rd, NFL draft kicks off and the first ever virtual form. And I got the most emotional draft I've ever seen. It, I had a great time during it. Oh. I had a Zoom call with some of my buddies. We had something to hang out to, yeah, to do. Yeah, drink with. Yeah, you know, had, it was a lot of fun. And every person who got drafted, no matter what round, shed tears. And yeah. I, I think it was tears that we've all been waiting to shed. It was really cool seeing them in their in their, their element their with their houses. family yes. you know and you see them usually at the table and they get up hug their mom cry like a baby wipe their nose and get up on that stage but just having all the family around you especially coming out of a month of quarantine mm -hmm. uh whether they were wearing masks or not they were together and that was the first time in a long time and there's just a lot of emotion that was pouring in already and that was just april 23rd by june 4th nba announced 22 team restart to the season at walt disney world now known as the bubble the bubble what do you think about the bubble it was successful, right? I thought it was successful. I'm still curious why we didn't start this season in the bubble. You know, I understand you want to be by your family. Take your family with you. I understand you want to live your life. There's a pandemic going around, if, going on. If you want to play sports, take it back to Walt Disney World. That's not a bad I, place to be I for agree. the winter. You, you being in events, you know how much it costs to rent facilities. I yes. think that might have been a big part of it because I kind of had heard a, it, a ballpark number of how much it was. NBA the, was playing a lot of money. The teams, and I think bigger than the the teams were losing money by not hosting it in their yeah. home. You know, you're, you're, you're losing staff. You know, Kevin Love paid over five hundred thousand yeah. dollars for the that, staff of the Cleveland awesome. Cavaliers. Yeah, that's awesome. The team should have did it. Uh, but you know, a lot was going on at that time. We didn't know what was coming up, and that was June twenty fourth uh, when they announced that season. Uh, July first, MLB resumed spring training and rebranded it summer camp, which was kind of fun. I'm not a big, I'm not a good early in the season uh baseball watcher but at that point we needed sports and i was into it i was all day i was here for it uh july 23rd mlb starts the regular season september 10th nfl kicks off on thursday night football with kc versus houston and boy was the world ready for some football we saw some fireworks that game it was a high scoring game kc still dominated in the end uh but that was september 10th that was 11 uh that was a time where we thought we would be out of this pandemic but we're really realizing that the numbers are starting to kick up and it, it felt like we needed football just in time. 
October 3rd, ISU Cyclones defeat Oklahoma Sooners by seven points. I remember that game. And at that point, I was like, this team is legit. And that was October 3rd. You remember Cyclones? Nice, nice comeback in that game. Yeah, was great it? comeback, you know? A week later, the Lakers win the NBA championship over Miami Heat. LeBron gets a little more respect back put on his name. And uh, L.A. feels a little bit of redemption for losing Kobe. Uh, and, and, you know, that that month, that month of October for L.A. was a great month. Ten days later, October 20th, L.A. Dodgers win the world championship. Uh, you know, they've been stacked for a minute, but it's hard to believe they hadn't won it for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a great moment for the city of Los Angeles. A month later, November 15th, NBA draft takes place. Uh, which seems like so out of place, you know. <laughs> it was kind of weird watching it in November. Yes, right? of course, because, you know, the season usually starts right around then. Uh, December 12th, ISU Cyclones lose to Oklahoma Sooners by six points. We start doubting our Cyclones, uh, but they still have a chance to redeem themselves this weekend at the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we are towards the end of the year. December 22nd, NBA season starts again. It felt like we just got out of the Lakers winning the championship in October. Uh, but here we are again starting a regular season in their regular home fields, unless you're Toronto. Uh, December 29th, just two days ago, Rob hit a tweet from Dan Lebetard. He posted a video on Twitter saying he is not, in fact, Cuban, as he's portrayed the last 11 years or so. And his so-called dad, as we know as Poppy, off a of Highly Questionable, 2011, is not Cuban. His name is Doug. He's from Des Moines, Iowa. I'm on a search to find Doug from Des Moines, Iowa. I just heard about this last night. Doug and- Gonzalo from Des Moines, Iowa. If anyone knows Doug, he's Poppy from Highly Questionable. He's not really Dan's dad. He's not really Cuban. I'm so shook again. That was two days ago, and this year just cannot end quick enough. Why would Dan Lebetard tell us that? His show ends on ESPN, and he's a uh, you know a co-worker here on ESPN Radio with us. His show ends with, his contract ends with ESPN January 4th, so he's out of here anyway. So he wanted to shake the world again, as he always does. Uh, and he's it's weird because he's fought so hard for the uh, Cuban community. You know, he's stood up against ESPN for not talking politics. Uh, and to come out and say I, he's not even Cuban. I still don't know if that's real or. I, I, I was reading about they were being satirical. I, that's due what, to a, another. Um, I forget who it was. Somebody else who said they were not. They're from Boston, but they're saying they're from a different country. I, I'm hoping it was. I at least hope yes. Poppy's is that. I, I would love to find out if Poppy is really from Des Moines. So Either way, the video Gonzalo. looked very believable. It, it was very. He <laughs> looked like he was about to be in tears. So you know that was two days ago, and here we are, first the end of the year. Um, hopefully we start next year, June 2nd with a cyclone victory, but last night we had our opportunity to see the Hawks. I thought they were going to be on this timeline. That didn't happen. Big 10, uh, SEC, they just couldn't get right when it came to COVID this year. Respect to the Cyclones, not missing a game, not having to reschedule mm-hmm. a game at all. That's a victory. That's a bowl in itself this Big, year. Big 12 overall was, was the, they did good, a great, right? yep. And they, they made decisions early on in the season, not like the Big 10 canceling, coming back, canceling, coming back, allowing more games. Uh, so a lot has gone on. Uh, we want to talk Cyclones. We're going to come back, take a quick break. I want to talk Cyclones. I want to talk uh, Brees, Brock, per- Brock Purdy, um, a little bit of Hawkeyes. Like, there's some guy coming on named Tavion Banks. He'll be joining us after the break here. And uh, he's got a little segment he's bringing with him called Bank On It for your chance to win some prizes and punish Frenchie at the same time. Let's go deep. Your boy Tyreek. We'll be right back. Tyreek, man, we spent the last 15 minutes going through kind of a timeline of what happened in the sports world through 2020. Um, a lot planned for 2021. Still to come on the show, we got rap duo Black Alack out of Austin, Texas. They'll be joining us next hour talking sports, talking live music, saving our stages. 
Uh, and in the same realm of that live music, we have Sam Summers, owner of Woolies, Up Down, First Fleet Concert, and the amazing Hinterland Festival. He'll be joining us next hour to talk our Cyclones and talk a little live music. Where where are we going next year? What's, what's the opportunities or are we still on pause for another year? Because like I said, I feel like that's one of the industry, industries that's got hit, and, hit the hardest this year and kind of ignored um, along with the bar industry and hospitality. Uh, but first, I want to talk a little Hawkeyes. I want to talk a little Cyclones. I want to talk a little Tavian Banks. Tavian, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I realize I've been murdering your name for the last two weeks <laughs> saying Tavian or Tavian. It's Tavian, right? It's Tavian. Tavian. Okay. See, and it was messed up. <laughs> people murder it. Tara Q, you know, I can't get away oh, with it. all right. It sounds French when, when most, most do say Tavian, Tavian yeah. <laughs> when, they, when they first meet me, uh, if they haven't known me for a while or anything. It's not unusual. I blame black parents, man. I always, <laughs> always try and be difficult. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, do you realize in your NFL career you had one touchdown? Do you remember who that touchdown was against? Uh, you, to be honest with you, I think it was against Buffalo. It was the uh, Buffalo Bills. That, yep, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, first game of 1998 yep. season. And it was my first start, also too, and and I got injured too on the same same thing. Injured my uh, <laughs> my I, I injured, injured my foot there in that game at a uh, planner fight. Uh, fight on, on, yes, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. But you was crazy. You came back four days later, had nine carries for 75 yards, averaged uh, 8.3 yards a carry that very next game. And you gonna claim like a flu game like MJ for that one? Oh, no, no, man. It was it was a tough deal. I had a tough tough go in the, in the NFL, you know, with injuries and stuff like that. So yeah, you unfortunately, did. I didn't I didn't get to uh, fulfill my you know uh, lengthy career that I, I was trying to have and stuff. So hey, that that did not change what's in the hearts of all yeah. Hawkeye fans and <laughs> Iowa uh, athletic fans because while you're in the state of Iowa, you dominated the sport, man. Um, and that's with uh, what Bettendorf is that where you play? Yeah. Out? Yes, you know. Oh man! I didn't even know there was black people in Bettendorf, and all right. of a sudden we got this running back just taking off. Yeah, we got we have a few there. Uh, and you were so uh, college. I think they listed you at five ten two oh eight. You still there? No, I wish I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just packing on too many pounds. You know what I mean? I, I got to get back in the in the working out mode and stuff like that. So. Uh, I wish I was two, two, two oh four, two oh eight, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as you grow one way or the other. You know? Yeah. As, as you hit a certain age, you grow the other way. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're. I say that because you were somewhat of a big back, uh, and deceivingly fast. Uh, how would you yep. describe yourself? What was the tail of the tape when you're coming out of college to the pros? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was like a big back. Um, I mean, like a big back back then would have been like two forty, two thirty-five, somewhere around there. I was more like a scat back. I, I would say for for my for myself. Um, and then you know, like what what separated me, I, I was quick and fast at the same time. Um, you know, some running backs are quick. You know, some other running backs are fast. Uh, I, I happen to have both at the same time. So that's kind of like what separated me a lot um, from other different backs out there. And at five ten, you're considered a short back. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, because I, I, a lot of running backs too. You know, somewhat um, were like six foot and above. You know, like kind of like big backs were. Um, you know, again, like you know, size and everything like that. We were all like scat backs that were like about five ten and, and below. Um, you know, a lot of th- third down backs and stuff like that were were around that that range and height and 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 weight yeah that makes sense 
Um, and so as we talk about the Cyclones, you know, Hawkeyes obviously were supposed to play yesterday. Are you still a big Hawkeye fan? Do you do you even care at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, alumnus. I, I'll, I'll say that. Okay. I'm not, not a fan. I'm a big, big alumni. <laughs> so you, you stick with it because you have to. <laughs> yeah, when, when they're on and stuff like that a little bit, but uh, I don't really um, go too hard with them all the time. Um, but I do wear Iowa stuff and Iowa gear, so I'm great, great alumnus. I was I, about that. Yeah, I mean, you're a big part of the university still. Yeah. Uh, when you were there back, um, I believe, 19, mm-hmm. what, you guys hit a bowl game, correct? Uh, yes, we went to uh, bowl games when I was there, yes. What, do you remember that process of the bowl week? You know, like Cyclones are traveling today for their Saturday bowl. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that process of traveling, getting in, media day, uh, yep. um, boosters waiting remember, for you on the other side you know, of the plane? Like the bowl <laughs> game was exciting because... Um, you know, uh, we were, again, like the only people that are usually like on campus, too, at that time because, you know, like the rest of the college shuts down and, you know, the you know, regular college students go home for the break and stuff. So yeah. we, we all we had to do is really just do football at that time and no school or anything like that. Isn't that so. how it goes for the whole school year for football players? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just right? kidding, athletes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, it was just it, it was an exciting time because you just got to concentrate just like on on the game and then you know just hanging out and stuff like that too with you know like with your teammates. Um, so it was just like exciting time and then getting to know that you know back then you know here, we're here, we we got to go a warmer places yeah yep. uh, to play so you know like we had it was excitement to look forward to that we were going somewhere that we could possibly you know be wearing shorts and outside and. All those type of things. That was the excitement also. With uh, going to a school like Iowa or Iowa State, you know you have a fan base that travels with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, a, a fan base travels with Iowa State? Oh, come on now. Oh, yeah, I was, I was just <laughs> we, they're known for drinking up the bush light, aren't they? <laughs> no, they're doing good this year. I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, like happy for that program. You know, like yeah. they're, they're one uh, uh, shining light here this year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, don't forget the little brother Drake Bulldogs are 11-0 and right now, man. Nice. You got you to peep that. that. Basketball team is uh, sneaking up. Good. A little good. whispers of that 2008 season. Um, do you – with have you seen Brees Hall? I know you don't follow football completely, but have you seen Brees Hall, Iowa State's running back? Uh, to be honest with you, no, I have not. Okay. Um, well, yeah, he's a beast. Seen yep, it, it seems like it. You know, I've heard of him and things like that, but I, I have not. You know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I have not watched a game this year. So, <laughs> Well, just kind of put me in that perspective, though. So you, you didn't play in, really until your uh, senior year where you was that right, yep. at Iowa? Yep. Uh, so uh, well, I, I mean, I play, but not, you know, like traditionally, yeah, you know, like a, a starter and stuff like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that was kind of your senior year was kind of the breakout year, uh, seventeen touchdowns something like that. Yes, uh, somewhere around there. Yep. When, when you have that breakout year, so Brees Hall just had that breakout year. How does mm-hmm. that media day change for him now? Like as far as he would have been what second string quarterback, even if starter, mm-hmm. but just a regular Iowa State running back. Now he's on the you know Heisman conversation type mm-hmm. running back, something that you were a part of. Yep. What does that media day now at the bowl for him look like? Um, you just get a, a more time. A, a lot of times, like people knew like i'll say for me for instance people knew of me in the big 10 and the teams that we were playing even before i became a senior um so they they knew of my skills and and what was coming you know for for the season season uh so it wasn't a surprise to people that the iowa base or you know like the coaching staff that i was with and stuff like that so it wasn't wasn't any big deal for that but the Uh, national 
to the national stage uh, a little bit um again like national people knew of me and yeah. stuff like that if you follow and 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 do things with football they knew you know that there's a possibility of me having a great season and stuff like of the things that I've done, you know before um and you know like in, in the in the college and stuff like that but you know like for him it's, it's just more immediate attention there's going to be just more people around uh more people asking for interviews and whatnot um, so it's just, you know, like just, just more attention to, to things and, and more questions that you just have to answer a little bit. Now, you had your opportunity to go to Miami, Washington, all these other schools. Why'd you stay home? Was it was right? mom's cooking? Were you afraid to leave mom? Or, you know, what, what, what made that decision oh, for you? You know what? I, I grew up, I was never an Iowa Hawkeye fan. If any, anybody that, you know, like really knows me out there, uh, grew up in indoor stuff. I was never a Hawkeye fan growing up. Um, so... It came down to um, a, a, a lot of things. Uh, Miami at the time, um, they were about to go on probation. Um, ah. So, yeah, and then, you know, like me again, the kid from, you know, like Bettendorf, Iowa, yeah. <laughs> um, my first, you know, flight that I was on ever in my life was going to Miami. Um, and that was just, you know, like out of my realm, like at a sense, you know, oh, like man. being a little kid, that was the time I'd been to Miami and seen all the stuff that you've seen in movies. South Beach. That type of stuff. It was just out of my out of my. A realm. Miami recruiting <laughs> trip. I can only imagine, especially <laughs> sanctions. About to get sanctions, you know. Yep. I'm sure they're throwing <laughs> yeah. all types of things your way. Yep. Um, um, I, le- I really loved Washington when I went there. Beautiful they, campus. They were kind of like in the same boat too. I think that you know, two years later they went on probation. Um, but like Washington championship, you know, I, I think a year before or two years before um, when I was getting recruited at the same time. Um, so that was, you know, like kind of how, how it went with them. Um, Nebraska, you know, uh, I, I, you know, at the time I really didn't like Nebraska. It was, you know, you like still the shouldn't stadium like Nebraska. was right next to a cornfield. Um, <laughs> you know, even like Nebraska was really good coming up. I think they won uh, a couple of national championships too right there. Oh yeah. The, their the their coach was their, their yeah, current coach yeah. was their quarterback Heisman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Iowa back then, um, was one of the schools that you could go to school early. Um, so, uh, meaning like you could go to school in the summertime. Um, I was a part of this PSP program that you could go to school early and start schooling and be, you know, like on campus and, and all that nature. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons I chose Iowa. And also I, I had an injury my in high school, a shoulder injury where I required surgery. Like it was later, um, like in the surgery. So I was still out, but you know, I could get to Iowa and start um, in the summer and be having workouts and things like that. So that, that was another reason um, that I happened to choose Iowa also. And I hate to say it, Iowa City has some pretty young ladies. So, I mean, why not <laughs> Why not get out of mom's house a couple hours away? Not even a couple hours away, you know? Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, but I mean, it was, it was, you know, like I never, even though, you know, gosh, the Quad City is probably about 40 minutes away from Iowa City, uh-huh. I never went home that, that often. You know, like we we were, you know, pretty locked in. You're a you star know? athlete. You didn't need to go home. You're taken <laughs> care of, I'm, you know, and maybe nah, next week when was, you come back on for your next segment, yeah, we can talk a little was, about the booster world and recruiting world. But I know as a yeah, star athlete, I've had good. many friends. It was good. It was, it was, <laughs> I, I, I had a great great college experience how about that <laughs> yes yes you did yes you did I'm, I'm sure a lot of teammates were jealous yeah um well we're gonna I get into a, this i had a lot of teammates that were participating in oh yes team. yep <laughs> and, and a lot of successful teammates you know oh, tim yeah. dwight you know absolutely um you guys had a great team and speaking of yep. which we're gonna get into this bank on bank on a segment uh before our commercial break but uh 
real quick, in 1997, you guys went to the Sun Bowl yeah. uh, with those great players that I talked about, your great teammates. Uh, but that was also uh, Hayden's, Hayden Fry's last bowl. Yeah. He retired after the following season. Um, if you can describe Hayden Fry in three words, what would that be? Oof, three words. Gosh, I, uh, <laughs> on the spot, he, he was but. a storyteller. That, storyteller, right? Yep, yep. No, that works. He, and <laughs> and so, How like, to motivate you guys, he would use stories. Yes, uh, I mean, he was a motivational, you know, like speaker also um, before games and during practices and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, he coached a long time and been around a lot of people, and you know, he he mentored a lot of. A lot of successful coaches that are that that have be, you know became you know went on to be successful head coaches at different programs and stuff like that too. Um, so I mean, just a lot of knowledge and just motivational talking and, and things like that he had in in his bag. So it was always just great to hear all those things and you know come out of him. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Uh, obviously, I've never met the guy, but he just seemed like he had just an aura about him. He demanded respect, but it didn't seem like he did it in a, a brutal Joe Jackson type of way. No, you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> Walk lightly with a big stick. Right. Uh, yeah. So let's and get he, into this. Uh, Joe Jackson, he, I think he, oh, that the guy from Lean On Me, right? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't no, that Michael's man. dad? Am I wrong? Isn't that Michael Jackson's dad? Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> but the guy from Lean On Me, yes, he was a uh, he was a serious principal. You know, right, I right, love that okay, movie. Joe Jackson. Oh, you're talking about Joe Jackson. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Don't get me singing. <laughs> don't get me singing Lean On Me right, right? now. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's jump into this bank on segment, man. Here's how it works. Uh, I'm gonna throw three games at you, uh, just to let the world know you are not a big sports fan. You don't have time to watch TV. You're a busy guy. You got kids. You got a wife. Yep. You got a full time job, like most of us. Uh, and so I'm gonna throw some games at you. You can pick the favorite. You can pick the underdog. You can wildly, blindly pick. Uh, after your pick, I'm open up the phone lines at the end of each hour every week and allow a listener, if they want, to take you up on that offer, that bank on it uh, statement. And if they win on the bet, uh, they'll win fifty dollar gift card to 1908 Draft House. Uh, nice. And with them winning means we lose. So you're representing us now with oh, these picks. Man. And I should say by us, Frenchie, because Frenchie's life is on the line. Because if we do lose, I'm going to send Frenchie to do a seven minute open mic stand up at the comedy club in January. Ooh, so Frenchie. his uh, his respect, his his clout is on the line. <laughs> so for the three games, man, we're going to start with the first one. Of course, my Iowa State Cyclones are favored by four against Oregon this Saturday in the Fiesta Bowl. Who you got? You think the cover Cyclones can cover four points or you think know. taking uh, Oregon with the points? Oh, Oregon, they're pretty tough. You know, I, I know Iowa State's doing the, you know a great job this this season and stuff, uh, but I I'm, I'm just gonna, I would go with Oregon. I, I can't go with Iowa State just because I am a Hawkeye. Yeah, I was about but to say <laughs> I think that's the Hawkeye in you picking, but that's fair because I would I would have just destroyed and trashed the Hawkeyes if I was at this <laughs> in your position. Uh, so the next game is actually t uh, today or tomorrow as part of the college football playoffs. Alabama is favored by 20 points against Notre Dame. Now, Alabama has been crushing people by 40 points all season long. I think they're like 8-1 against uh, or, or Notre Dame. Obviously, no one ever believes in them. They got a good defense. Who you got? Notre Dame covering 20 points or Alabama spanking them and dragging them? I know. I mean, like Alabama just, just, just every year is just a tough tough deal for them you know like they, yeah. they're always 20 just, points though i know um and we then i i have to go with my college roommate uh carrie cooks who's on the notre dame coaching staff oh. with notre dame just for the you know the, the upset even though notre dame hasn't really performed in you know like the, the, the bowl games or 
you know, in a while and stuff like that. But maybe this this could be their year, maybe. <laughs> but all we got to do is not lose by 20, and we win this bet. So we're good yep. there. Yep. There uh, go. <laughs> last one is Clemson versus OSU. Clemson is favored by 7.5 points against Ohio. So like is a, a possible Notre Dame on steroids, you know, a little better mm-hmm. offense, a little better defense. Uh, who you got in that game, Clemson by 7.5 or Ohio State covering the bet? Uh, I'm going to say Ohio State covers. How about that? Um, OSU just, covering just, seven and a half. Yep, so. yep. Just, they, just because, uh, you know, like Ohio State kind of get getting the shaft this year. And then, you know, like most years too, because it, it seems like they, they're, you know, are whatever the case with some of these, you know, SEC teams or whatever the case. But, yep. Or, yep. Are, you know, um, are Clemson in, in a sense. But I'll, I'll go with Ohio State covering this year. How okay. Not a bad bet. Careful mm-hmm. about those SEC teams. That Florida, <laughs> that Florida linebacker yesterday to, said that Oklahoma was not an SEC team. They're not Florida. And then he went out there and got dragged all night long. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but I do like your pick. So we got Oregon covering the four points. Notre Dame covering the 20 points. OSU covering the seven points. All underdogs. I think you might be lost on the Iowa State game, but I kind of agree with the other two. Uh, Tavion, Tavian, 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 yeah, Tavian. Tavian. <laughs> there we go. Tavian, Tavian. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Uh, we're gonna do this every week, man. So uh, yeah, we'll, let's do it, man. We'll catch you next week. We'll learn more about those boosters and everything else that happened on your Miami recruiting trip. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can say it on air. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a beep just for that. Uh, right. We appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. That is the bank on statement. We'll open up the phone lines in about 10, 15 minutes. But coming up right after the break, Dante Powell with a new segment called The Big O. This is Go Deep. Your host, Tyreek. You're tuned in to Go Deep, 1350 ESPN. Still to come in the next hour, we got Sam Summers, owner of First Fleet Concert, Down Woolies, and the amazing Hinterland Festival. He'll be joining us around 1030 to talk all things live music, cyclones, and sports, uh, and just see what's been going on in life this year. Uh, Sam's a good dude, so I look forward to talking to him. We'll also talk talk to Black Alack, the Austin rap duo, uh, voted Austin rap group last year uh they're signed to gary clark jr uh who's also from their neighborhood in austin uh gary clark was at hinterland first or second year which was he's the Jimi hendrix of today so that was a great segment uh great show so look forward to talking to black lack here in about 25 minutes but first we're gonna talk to comedian dante powell how you doing sir i'm great man how are you i'm doing all right man are you headed back to uh bernice louisiana actually no you have a sold out show tonight is that right that is correct. Yeah, New Year's Eve at Teehees with the Black Iowa Streams crew, man. We're doing it. And no tables left? No tables left, unfortunately. We sold it out. So you got to... Hey, don't... Hey, thanks for coming on last week. You know? no Nothing unfortunate about that. That's what happens when you wait, man. Yeah. You know? Uh, did you see that Dan Lebertard went on Twitter and said that poppy is not really poppy not really cuban his name is <laughs> his name is doug and he's from des moines and he's not really his father you catch that i did, I did. and i saw and poppy has also done a video where he's, he reads a statement saying that he's from des moines and he's got like four children named like frank and oh Ed. so so it's a skit <laughs> it it absolutely is a skit man. okay Come on. I, I didn't <laughs> see the, i didn't see the poppy part i just saw the the, the dan thing and i'm like what are you doing do not shake me like that okay all right oh, good man. All right, because he's yeah. he's no longer you know he's a cohort here on uh, ESPN Radio and a staple, right. uh, but his contract ends January fourth. So I, was, I thought he was just going out with a bang. I'm like, oh, don't do that to the Cuban the Cuban community. <laughs> you know, <laughs> highly questioned. Poppy's the best part about that show. So right, it had me shook. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can send him some swag from like Bebop's and some Hawkeye stuff and yeah. see if he'll maybe wear it. <laughs> yeah, if if Doug Gonzalo, if anyone can find Doug Gonzalo, I would love to get Poppy on. 
Uh, so we're we're gonna get into your segment here in a, a few minutes, uh, which is now known as the Big O. It'll be either the Offensive Player of the Week or all the week. So we'll uh, check in with you here in a, in a few minutes to figure out which one you chose and who it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, but first, like we said, uh, New Year's plans is Teehees tonight, right? Correct. Uh, now I I do want to be clear. Like we're Sid Jorker, the owner of the club, has gone above and beyond in making sure he like puts in every procedure he can to keep the place safe. So tables are six feet apart. Everyone's going to be masked up unless they're drinking. Um, we, you know, we're socially distancing everything. So we're doing it as safely as we can in a pandemic with the information we have. So I don't want people feeling like we're out here being reckless. Reckless, uh, but no mask. Yeah, <laughs> but we do want to have a good time. Yeah, and you know? Sid, Sid, I gotta, I gotta attest. Sid has done it correct the whole year. You know, he's closed when he needed to close. He's separated when he needed to separate. Uh, he's required masks from the jump. Um, and you know, as we talk, save our stages. And I got Sam Summers coming on next hour uh, with First Fleet Concerts and Hinterland Willie. So, you know, comedy is one of those, uh, those fields in the industry that i've been mimicking off of my uh live events right now so you know we sell we do concerts still but we might sell them in pods or make sure people are sitting down comedy has always had that layout so i felt like you're you guys of anyone in the live entertainment uh were able to kind of jump back into it and set a mold and set a standard and sid has done a great job of that this year you know uh so let's get back into the sports thing man like i said we'll get into that big O segment but uh see lately cam newton uh (laughs) is, is, <laughs> is is he done? I know he's done as a starter, but can he mentally be a backup? Is Cam Newton done? I I think Cam Newton is uh is probably a little more than uh than he's letting out. I I don't think so. I think Cam can start for a good team. It looks like the Patriots are just decimated across the offense and yep. because of the COVID opt-outs on the defense, the defense wasn't going to be as good as normal, so he just happened to be in a bad situation. But who's to blame in New England? Then is it, it uh, Cam's going to take the fall? Is Bill? Bill's never to blame. Is the offensive coordinator? Is the GM? I, it, Bill is the it, GM. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be Bill because he he did all the selection. Like he picks the team. He's the GM. Uh, he just doesn't have. He, I mean, the cap situation is terrible. He got what nine super bowl appearances and six victories in his tenure so far so but if it's not if, like if tom brady was still there would they have would they not have gotten draft bills would they be in the playoffs right now would they be an undefeated I, team or two lost team if tom brady was still in new england because i feel like uh no matter what tom did bill check always hung his hat on the defense and yeah. the defense is not there to, this year and, and gilmore even i feel like he might be up on the trade block because he didn't have his best year he's still a shutdown cornerback uh, but right. there's a lot more hurting that team than just a Tom Brady, I think. Yeah, but and you know, Bill, like Gilmore is definitely gone because if if Bill signs you to a contract, he's shipping you out the next year. That's just <laughs> how he rolls. And then he but, might, <laughs> might grab you back in five years, Garoppolo. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, I don't know. I think Brady would have given them maybe one or two more wins. But you know, there are a couple of games where Cam's legs won it for him, and Brady may have lost those games. So. Tom just got lucky and the the thing in New England didn't work out and he ended up going on his way because if not, he may have been there suffering as well. Yeah, this might have been his retiring year getting beat down, uh, you know, because their line yeah. is where it used to be. Um, Cam obviously is going to take a fall and he's going to have to find a home somewhere else and I don't think he's going to be a starter the rest of his career unless he's backing up an injured quarterback. Um, but 
some of the homes I think he might be a good fit, you know, a Baltimore Ravens, um, yep. you know, depending on where the New Orleans Saints, if, if Drew Brees retires and Hill becomes the starter, Cam could be a great backup in New, in New Orleans. Um, for your I want him to really do you think you think you can make the playoffs in that division with you know Falcons can only go up from here uh Tampa Bay at least has one more year with Brady probably uh Carolina is on the come up I believe you think Cam can win your division next year absolutely I think with I think with Sean Payton Cam Newton would be incredible I mean I I believe on my fantasy Camaro would get a lot of touches <laughs> if Cam was the Cam was the quarterback. Uh, let, let me take you back to 2017 real quick. Uh, 2017, the draft, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Del- Dalvin Cook. Which one of those running backs are you taking first if you had the pick for your team? They all out the same draft class. Oh, all man. Beast. I, I, come on, man. I'm taking Kamara. You, you're sticking on. with Kamara? Absolutely. Okay. I feel like, and, and now because he had the injury this year, you know, McCaffrey, it kind of takes him down a little bit because Delvin Cook is injury prone. If he was, if it wasn't for the injuries, I might take Delvin Cook. Kamara can do it both catching and running, but Christian McCaffrey is a beast if he can sustain those injury, injuries. But he gets hit a lot. Uh, so you're not going to lose either way. You know they're all pretty good, but I I just like what Kamara brings to the table. He's he's just one of those guys. He's who, a dual threat. Like he yeah, he has it. Whatever it is, he has it. Like, the Saints have always needed those it players, whether it was Jimmy Graham at tight end or, like, we had Darren Sproles or Reggie Bush. Like, we just like those it guys. Yeah, I feel <clears> that. Uh, the only thing I don't like about Kamara is that bull ring in his nose. Uh, him and Ezekiel, man, what's up with that new <laughs> that new bull ring? Would you ever get a nose ring like that? Uh, if If the... If I got paid as much as he does, I would. Yeah. I, you know, and I, 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 I hate to tell you, but I almost just pictured it. And you're, you're a bigger dude. Seeing a bigger dude with a nose ring like that seems like it might be a fetish or something. Uh, <laughs> take it to a whole new level when you're. Hey man, look, that's not where that, you yeah, called me for. No, that's a, that's a late night program. Hey, your yeah. segment is called the Big O, so I don't know where you're taking this thing. Uh, well, so here, here, here's the numbers on those three running backs: Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and this is as of last year from two. Since 2017, uh, 1,002 touches for Christian, 46 total touchdowns, 5,817 yards. Uh, Kamara, 998 touches, but 58 touchdowns and 6,100 yards. So, you know, less touches, but 12 more touchdowns. Delvin Cook, uh, 917 touches, 36 touchdowns and 4,900 yards. So you're right. Kamara has done it with less. In fairness to those other guys, Camaro's been playing with Drew Brees and agreed. You know they they've been playing with Kirk Cousins and uh, a battered Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater. I 100% agree that with that, and <laughs> and that's the same that's the same conversation when I look at this year. Who's the best wide receiver? And you want to say DeAndre Hopkins just because he can change a game, obviously with that Hail Mary. Um, but I feel like Adams on Green Bay because no one else is playing with a Rodgers. So you, if you have your top five, then you look at the quarterbacks of those top fives. Who else has a Rodgers that's a receiver like that? You know, right. well, man, Kyler Murray look, might Steph- be. Stephon Diggs has been incredible. Beast mode, and and Josh Allen has been beast mode as well. Right, and for so some that- reason, I still don't trust Josh Allen, but he's been, <laughs> but he's been beast <laughs> yeah, mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and they're my yeah. sleeper. You know, I picked the Steelers at the beginning of the season. Obviously, I wanted my Eagles to win, but I picked uh, bet on the Steelers at the beginning of the season to win a Super Bowl. Uh, but right now, I just took the odds on the Bills uh, because I feel like. 
they are legit set up to beat the Chiefs. Um, and, and I thought the Titans were, but then, you know, the Titans, they're inconsistent for me. Bills is that next one in line right now. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we ended up with a either Saints or Packers versus the Chiefs or Bills because that like right now. Yeah, yep. Um, we, we we went through a timeline. We're going to take a quick commercial break here in a second and then get to your uh, big O. But real quick, we went through a timeline to start the show. Um, sports timeline of 2020 and, you know, kind of pop, pop culture, what got us through. Uh, you know, some of the things of uh, the last dance. And, but take me back to January 22nd or 26th of 2020, almost a year ago. Where were you when you found out Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed into the mountains in L.A. and uh, everyone on board was no longer I was at a coffee shop in Beaverdale um, working on a, uh, a, a this project with some friends. And one of them, who's a huge Celtics fan, was like, I'm seeing stuff on Twitter that's saying Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, but that can't be real. Right? I, it wasn't, I didn't believe it for the longest time. I needed yeah. to see it on like nine different outlets. Uh, but it's crazy how that feeling of where you were is almost like 9-11. Where were you when you saw those towers go down? Uh, yeah, man. It's crazy how Kobe, you know, and I was a Kobe hater for most of his career because I was so upset that as a Philly guy, he didn't want to go to the Sixers. <laughs> he wanted to go to L.A. And we got Iverson yeah. the same year, so I'm not mad about it, but I was still mad about it. I was like, well, how could you not want to come to your home team, Bean? Uh, but I, the man grew my respect, you know. It's kind of like how people hate on LeBron, and I, I hated on LeBron after he did the decision. He gained my respect. He opened the I Promise School. He he kept doing these things to kind of keep rebuilding his brand. And Kobe was that man. And even after he finished playing, he just became a whole different dude. You know, Mamba mentality was just taken to a whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, so uh, great moments uh, in the year, though. Uh, we will get back. You have your big O, and it's either going to be the Offensive Player of the Week or the Op Borrow Week. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, and when we come back with you, we're also going to open up the phone lines and see if anyone has to say anything about your big O. So. Uh, join with Dante Powell, comedian. This is Go Deep. Your host, Tyreek. We'll be right back. It's time to jump into this big O segment. We got Dante Powell on the line. And uh, we're also going to open up the phone lines. 515-244-1350. 515-244-1350. Don't forget, you can call in, talk about your favorite teams. You can talk about this Bank On It segment that we just did with Tavian Banks. Uh, he chose three teams, Oregon to cover, Notre Dame to cover, Ohio State to cover. If you want to bet against any of those your opportunity to win $50 gift card to 1908 Draft House. If you win, you get the gift card. And we also send Frenchie to Teehees to do open mic. So I would love for that to happen. I would love for you to win. So call in 515-244-1350. And while we wait for your calls, we're going to jump into this big O with uh, Dante. Dante, this big O segment, it could be the offensive player of the week in any sport or the of the week in the world. Which one did you choose this week? Um, we're going with the offensive uh, performance of the week, and I, I was gonna—I I, like had players uh, that I was weighing, and I got a couple of like honorable mentions, like Tom Brady game. Great and, first half. Uh, yeah, the Bucks, and they—they they made 29 threes the other night, so that was really impressive. Uh, my hometown guy Alvin Kamara was great with his six touchdowns, but the best offensive performance of the week has to go to the Dallas Mavericks. Who beat uh, the Los Angeles Clippers by 51 points the other day? Okay? That first half, they were up by 50 at halftime. Drag a 51 point win is unheard of, and then like the the Bucks beat the Heat by like 47 a few days later. But that was Maverick. I, I, 
Like, I was watching that, and me and my friends were texting each other, like, this isn't real, is it? One of my buddies was like, you know what? Do they let them bring guns to the game anymore? Like, is Gilbert Arenas around? Cause, yeah, because losing like, like that, you got to kill that man after that. <laughs> yeah, no one gotta, needs to I know. Gotta shoot you. Yeah. I got to shoot you. Yeah, that was <laughs> a dragging. I think you like it more because the Clippers opened up the season beating your Lakers, and everyone Absolutely. said the Clippers, they crowned the Clippers right then, and then you watched them get dragged and felt like this was a big moment for you to shine on the big O. So 100%. I, I, 100%. I respect that, and I love what Luka's doing. I like what the Mavericks are doing. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of Mark Cuban, no matter what he says. Uh, so yeah. uh, that's a good pick, uh, the big O. And so, like, you know how bad you got to lose to, like, beat out Alvin Kamara having six touchdowns to a Saints fan? I assumed. <laughs> I assumed. And uh, hotline right now, 515-244-1350, 515-244-1350. I assumed you were going with Kamara no matter what. Because he had such a great game. And, uh, yeah, Tom Brady had a great first half. But Kamara just, I mean, you talk about someone just treating someone like trash. He just kicked them all over the field. Uh, but yeah. but it was a good week for sports because Mavericks deserve it. So, respect to you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they dragged those Clippers. What do you, who, Who's your pick to win it if you have to take the Lakers out? I think Lakers might repeat as well because they stocked up pretty heavily in the offseason, if we can call that an offseason. Uh, but who's your Man. pick real quick? I think I think Brooklyn's gonna be tough. Ooh, I think they're gonna be Brooklyn tough. stand up. You think you think I, they can do it? I mean, KD usually chokes unless he's got a couple more bodies with him. KD is enough, but and I, and I like what the Nets did last year. You know, Dimwiddle, uh, they had a respectable season. Now they got a new coach and they got their star players. Back. Uh, me being a Sixers fan, I gotta think otherwise with Doc shutting down the defense. That I think the Sixers might upset the Nets, but you know. Dude, they're gonna be dangerous. So yeah, you better you. That's what you need to put some money on right now. Oh, so, I already did. Like, and I don't okay, even like. Good. I don't even like betting on my team. But they had pretty good odds. Before they got Doc, and then they, you know, they went back. So, uh, but I do think the Lakers might go ahead and handle this. So, don't be surprised if the Pelicans win it all, though. I do want to say that. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Zion is balling. Zion is balling. I will say that. We uh, just can't win. Yeah, I appreciate you, Dante. We're going to catch you every week with the Big O segment, man. Uh, straight out of Bernice, Louisiana. <laughs> the man. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. You have a safe uh, New Year's. Mask up and uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Mask up on both ends of the court. Um, <laughs> and, and, and and try to avoid that midnight kiss this year. Normally, that's my big thing. And I'm like, eh, it might not be as safe this year. Will do, man. Will do. Thanks so much. <laughs> yep. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, still, still to come on that was Dante Powell local comedian national comedian the squirrels get fat sold out show tonight at Teehees Comedy Club sit over at Teehees doing it the right way uh, still to come next hour on Go Deep we got Sam Summers owner of Hinterland Festival First Fleet Concerts Woolies Up Down Ernie's Boondocks and probably about eight other projects because Sam is always keeping busy uh, so we'll check in with him uh, we're also going to check in with Black Black right after the break this is Go Deep we'll see you soon Said I'ma be a legend soon, I'm a legend now. Now Olivia, who paid for your Coachella ticket? My daddy. Why? Is a poor. Go deep, I'm your host Tariq. Welcome back. Appreciate Dante Powell, Tavian Banks. Former NFL running back joining us in the first hour. Dante Powell, comedian, joining us. Uh, we're going to jump into it with this song you're hearing right now. Nice. This is by Rap Duo out of Austin, Black Alack. I'm going to let you listen to a little bit and zoom with it because I'm really feeling that hook. Going to 2021. Yeah. 
28 cities, boy, give me my bands. Tell that boy, put a little stack in my hand. Black and like, turn your love thoughts to my fan. BBS Jordans, I do yeah, not rock bands. I got set go, uh, piercing up, uh, yeah. Nike time with the straps, oh, jacket loose, it got a flap. I'm out in Brooklyn, I'm dipping, I'm whipping. Yeah, I'm in Cali, the homies not tripping. Now we in Canada, cut us up, but the fire I burn around, get it lit. Jordan, I hit with the swoosh, uh, Tony Hawk, I got a push. That was nice by Black Alack, awesome rap duo. Join here with us. How you fellas doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, appreciate up, y'all just Dylan. dropping music in the middle of a pandemic and whatnot. I appreciate that. Yeah, we got you. You know, we got you. Yeah. How, how's life in Austin, man? Uh, is, are you guys shut down or is everything kind of back open with curfew or what's going on down there? It's um, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird thing. Like the the mayor is trying to shut stuff down, pose like um, curfews, but the governor keeps kind of the governor keeps kind of overriding him. So we're kind of in a weird, like, uh, we're kind of in a weird space. Stuff is closing earlier for sure. Like stuff's not open as, as open as late. Um, but in terms of just like a full, not really, I haven't been really going out to any real restaurants or anything like that too much. So I can't really speak, you know, what's going on there, but just in terms of the city as a whole, it's definitely, uh, say like a soft, like a real soft lockdown, but there's definitely like rules and guidelines. It, it sounds the same here. You know, we got a, a COVID Kim as a governor. It sounds like he might have one too. I don't know if I can say that on the radio, but we just did again. Um, but yeah, I'm, she, I'm, I'm actually out here in LA, man. They got my ankle chained to the house. Yeah. Know. LA. Well, <laughs> you know, I lived in California for six years. You don't want to go outside when it's cold anyway. And it's kind of cold in LA right now, as far as LA goes. That's true. It's a little, it's a little chilly, but you guys are on full lockdown, correct? California. Yep. Full lockdown, man. And uh, Z, just drove by. Z, Fran, uh, introduce yourself so people know who's who, talking who. Hey, what's up, man? This is uh, this is uh, I'll go first. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what's up? It's Big Fran, franchise, uh, Austin, Texas, one half of Black Elect. What's up? This is Zilly, also from Austin, but I'm out here in LA, the, the more beautiful side of Black Elect. You feel me? I always knew the uh, Zilly was the Hollywood side of the band. You know, need that Hollywood. Yeah, you know, it's side. facts. That's facts. Big facts. <laughs> Answer a question for me, man. Why is LeBron James so hated? I was watching, I, I saw a post yesterday. It was him and Tiger Woods' birthday yesterday or the day before. And someone said, hey, happy birthday, LeBron and Tiger Woods. And someone said, right. someone said, one's a piece of the icon. And then someone else said, do you mean Tiger Woods, the one who shattered the windshield? You know, right. infidelity, hooked on pills is the icon. And LeBron James is the trash who opened pro- I Promise School, you know, continuously does things for his community. The city of Dayton will never go. You know, right. why, why is LeBron just his political views? Is it the decision, uh, the way he did that on TV, even though he raised millions for the boys and girls club? Why do people hate LeBron so much? I, okay. Here's, here's why I think, cause I was, I'm a, I was a LeBron. I've been a LeBron critic. I don't hate him. You know, he, he's a great guy, great basketball player. I'm one of the greatest. I've been a LeBron critic and I, and I am, I, I do hate the Lakers. So I can give you some insight on this. <laughs> I think that the, the reason why he gets he gets the the flack he gets is he put that twenty three on. Okay, you put okay. that, and it's like, and guys have worn it before. I mean, Nick Young wore it. Guys have worn it before, but when you're at that level of talent and you put that twenty three on, people are automatically going to hold you to that standard. But isn't the when old NBA? Isn't that what they wanted? They wanted you to be that tough, talk trash. Yes, I'm the next Jordan type of guy. No, and I, and I think it's, I think it's, I think I appreciate that. I appreciate that he put it on, but then I think some of those, I think some of those, some of those losses in the finals, particularly some of the more embarrassed. And then I think his, I kind of, 
he's not a good loser. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously Fair. he's not. He's a competitor. Yeah. But he'll leave your city and I'm go to a, a different team if he. Yeah, man. It's just some of the stuff. I think people. I don't think this, but I think people may think he's just. They they just think he's not a guy that's gonna. He's not a guy that's going to tough it out. He's a guy that's going to try to manipulate the situation to where it's the best possible situation for him, and then go do that. Now again, is that wrong to do? No. I, I would do it if I was him too. But I think that's what it is. Because in Jordan's era, you just couldn't do that. Yep. You know what I mean? You just the players did just, they just couldn't do it, and so people look at it like, man, you have all this clout, you have all this power, you have all this, you you're, know, whatever. You're the player in the world right now. But you're still losing every year. You're still losing every year in the final step of last year. Obviously, you know, you're still getting beat by teams that are built in organic way. That's what I would say. Yeah, and and you know, he still has. To, I think people judge him because he still has to go get help to win it. Uh, but I also right. think people discredit Scottie Pippen. You know, Jordan had help. You know, he he yeah. he had the ball in his hands, but Scotty was a, a great number two. I don't know if you can D Wade, maybe I don't know who else you can put in that number two position. I guess if you put Shaq and Kobe in as number two, but um, yeah, you know, I, and I, I think a big part of it, you know, I, I hated on LeBron after the decision. Um, I never want to say he's Jordan. Uh, I hated on Kobe his whole career because he didn't want to be a Sixer and he wanted to be a Laker. Right. You know, and right. I, I I just feel like you know the way I I see the hate go down. And it's not even because of the comments he made in China or anything like that. It's just because he's LeBron. I just want that man to get his flowers while he's still here. I, I don't want to treat him like we did uh, January 26th when we lost Kobe. All of a sudden, we want to give Kobe his credit after we hated on him for 25 years. You know, so it was just a question looming in my head. Why is LeBron so hated? And how can Tiger just repent so quickly? <laughs> you know, he bought it. Well, you know, he's mixed. He plays a, a golf sport. You know, he doesn't have the tattoos. He talks politely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he also had seven prostitutes in Vegas, beat up his uh, his his wife's windshield, and then bought her island to make it good. You know, so I mean, it's just funny how we allow one one person to repent, but we don't allow the other. LeBron has done great things for the community, uh, for the culture, and he still does. And he put on for his sin and his friends. Look at his group, his inner circle are all bosses, yeah, right. legit bosses. He's a solid dude, man. You can't question his like his uh, his his character. He's a solid dude, like. Through, you know, through and through, you know, but yeah. just from a basketball perspective, I think it's tough. Yes, I think I it's tough to be, I think it's tough to be the next, to try to be the next Michael Jordan. It's tough. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do it. It's not, there's only going to be one Mike. There's only one. Yep. And, and I think that people were so ready to just transition from Mike to LeBron. It's like, he's not Mike. And you I, know think, what I mean, I think the, the sore loser thing, like, like you said, uh, I'm a big, you know, the, the eighties, the nineties, Rashid Wallace was my favorite player ever. Um, right. Dr. J, Will Chamberlain. You know, I, I I like dudes who throw elbows. And LeBron, he might throw the elbow, but he he whines. You know, Delonte West hooked up with his mom. He dipped out of Cleveland so quick. You know, yeah, bro. <laughs> little thing. That's when he became kind of a weirdo. Uh, but you would when too, he came you know? out after they got swept, and he came out with the <laughs> mom fam. Like, you know what I mean? What are you doing? You know, <laughs> you would too. If Z hooked up with your mom, you know, you'd be like, all right, I'm training teams, bro. <laughs> Uh, I everybody's mom is safe. I ain't hooking up with nobody. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a cougar mom myself. But let's get back on topic. Um, hey. Where were you on January 26th? You know, uh, we went through a sports calendar timeline for the year of 2020, the COVID year, the Corona year. Um, mm -hmm. A lot happened. Tiger King dropping to uh, the last dance, dropping early in April. But January 26th, Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed, killing all aboard. Uh, do you remember where you were when you first heard that news? And did you believe it? Man, I was uh, I was at the park on a walk with my with my wife. Actually, um, we were at uh, Barton Springs Park in Austin, Texas, and we were walking. 
And this random dude I never met in my life stopped me and he goes, Hey, I just want to tell you this because this is crazy. But he's like, Kobe died. And I said, What? Kobe who? He's like, Kobe died. I go, How? He goes, Helicopter crash. And he like showed me, you know, people like show you their phone. Yeah. And he showed me his phone and I was like, And I, me and my wife pulled out our phones. And it, it felt like at that time when that dude told me, everybody around us started pulling out their phones. Yes, agreed. And everybody was just like, it was, it was like, it was crazy. I said that, and then I started looking around, and everybody was just looking at their phone, and people were just gasping. People were, it was, I'll never forget that, man. It was surreal. Isn't it crazy how vivid that moment is? Kind of like 9-11 and those big moments yeah. in U.S. history that, you know, shook us. And I, I hate to compare it to 9-11 because a lot of lives were lost. Uh, but sure. the helicopter lost a lot of lives. But it, who I feel like we love Kobe. We love Mamba mentality. Uh, he got dragged a little for his, uh, his cases with Shaq and, you know, the sexual assault. Um, but he, he repented as well. And he, he, he became a big staple in the community. He had his daughters. Um, I feel like we almost didn't give that man his flowers before he died either. You know, it, it, we, we appreciate him, but we talk trash about him, but we don't really appreciate him until they're gone. And the way he went out just was, it set a tone for 2020 that, um, you know, obviously we're here now on <laughs> New Year's Eve and it's been a rough right. year. You know, that was six days I mean, after I've, the first case of Corona in the United States, but we didn't take it serious for another two months. I mean, I, I'm just coming from this standpoint because I was out here in Los Angeles when Kobe passed. Oh, wow. It was the same situation. I got a text from one person. And I was like, no, nah, this, this isn't right. Then I got a hit from another person. And I was like, oh, man, I read the story and, you know, read about the helicopter crash. And that day, I was just moving around Los Angeles and everywhere I was going, everybody had their Kobe jersey on and everybody was just low energy, like looking down at the ground. You could feel the weight, you know what I mean? Because Kobe here, obviously, yes. is like a god. I mean, he is. He still and, is. Um, you start seeing all the murals start going up immediately, man. Like immediately, walls are getting covered with Kobe and his daughter. And it was, it was insane, man. Definitely the whole city of Los Angeles here just felt like a huge weight on top of a man. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to bring down the the energy, but man, that was just such a big part of 2020. And as we close out the year and, um, you know, almost a year of it, I just wanted to, you know, touch on that because it's such yeah. a, a vivid memory of exactly where you were. My little stepbrother called me. He was in Philadelphia and said, oh, Kobe died. I think Kobe died. I'm like, nah, bro, get out of here. It was about another 90 yeah. minutes before I heard again. Uh, so, you know, a lot going on. But uh, what I do want to touch on is uh, the state of live music. Uh, if you guys are doing any touring shows coming up in the next year and what Austin looks like for NYE. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, and then we're going to have Black Alack, Fran Z join us right after the break. We'll see you in a second, fellas. Go deep. Go deep, your host Tyreek, joined here with Black Alack, the rap duo out of Austin, Texas. Fellas, Fran, Z, uh, you guys got big Yo. plans for tonight? Not really, fam. There? I'm just going to be chilling yeah. here at the house. It's not a good look to get you know? out right now, man. <laughs> I know, nah, I know it's not in, a LA, good look. in LA you want to be photographed, but this is the last place you want to be photographed is tonight without a mask. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm going to have a few party favorites at the crib. I'm relaxing. I'm going to write a little journal. You feel me? Yeah. You know, man. going down. What about you, Fran? Man, I'm gonna be at the crib. I'll have the party favors going. I'll have a little bit of. I'll have a little of the pin hook, and I'll just be chilling, man. Like uh, it's it's kind of rainy anyway because we got like a crazy way to end 2020. It's like 40 degrees and raining here, which is cold so and awesome. Like, yeah, so it's like that's good. That's the sign. 
from God, just be like, hey, bro, just chill. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. Don't even go nowhere, bro. Hey, Iowa just got his sign. It was the snow yesterday or two days ago. Uh, so, you know, I shut down a week. I was like, yeah, kid's good. Stock up the fridge. We ain't going nowhere. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's that internal struggle, though, right now, where it's New Year's Eve. I feel like I should be chilling till 5, 6 o'clock, start getting ready for a late dinner, have plans for the night, whether it's house party, get out to the club, uh, have that midnight kiss lined up and, and see where the night takes me. But it's a pandemic. You got to stay yeah. but home. And it's not a good look to get caught in pictures right now. Like I said, that that paparazzi look right. is not good right now. Especially, no, it's not. especially being in the music business. Um, you guys, I think you had a member. Was that your first show of the year since they canceled South by Southwest where you guys were scheduled to perform? Outside of uh, live stream shows, that was our first like live show. And we, we did actually. And uh, they were both socially distanced. And it was different, bro. It was really weird. Yeah, and I and before we get into that, I want to talk live stream shows because I, I appreciate that we can have live stream shows and I can sit at home and watch a live show of my favorite bands, my favorite artists, uh, but it is not the same. And I know for you guys, financially, is not the same, but just the experience in general is not the same. Um, what's your take on live streaming? Would you uh, continue that through the year, even with live shows, or how, how is that working for you guys? I mean, I think for us, we'll do live streams if they're right. We did do some pretty dope ones with like the Governor's Ball um, in New York and some other, you know, in Bumble and some cool brands that we worked with in the past. Like, it's not the same, that's for sure. You know what I mean? It's like looking at a commercial of food that you can't eat. <laughs> yeah. so it's, not, it's not the dopest, but, you know, if the opportunity is right, we'll do it. Otherwise, I think we're planning, you know, hopefully that in the summer, you know, we'll really just see how the vaccine takes a hold and, and what it's looking like. Yeah, what's uh, what's kind of Austin, you know, Austin is kind of the Nashville, the West in a sense, so far as going down dirty six, making sure, I mean, there's live music at every single bar you step into. Um, I know, you know, I was there a month ago, Fran, appreciate you for helping me check out the scene a little bit at a safe you know, distance. I got you. Uh, but I heard you went home early. Dog. Oh man, I was spinning. Dog. So I, I was in the hotel, <laughs> you know, I'm in the hotel, got this fancy little tequila up on there. And for about seven hours sitting by the pool by myself drinking, Brian's got a family, so by the time I catch up with him, I'm already loopy. And then uh, it was my birthday, so he he got a couple shots in me, tried to get me loose, and uh, it, was, it was a wrap. I didn't want to, I didn't want to look like he looked with Z. So I had to, <laughs> I had to. Get yeah, the here. champagne started flowing, man, and it got a little. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the head started spinning. I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and take this walk home. I called an Uber and wound up walking seven blocks instead. So you know, I woke up and was like, nice. okay, good night. That's what happens when you turn 37, though, man. We getting old. Happy birthday, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, and so uh, just talking live music in general, is that the kind of general consensus, maybe end of the summer, once vaccines out there, we'll kind of get back to a somewhat normal stand-up elbow-to-elbow concert, even if it's with mask? Or have you guys heard or, you know, any updates? That's what you're seeing. That's what you're kind of seeing right now. The key part for us is like your major, major, major companies are starting to kind of already plan with major, major artists. You know, because when there's there's an increased demand for live music, but the supply right now, is, they're going to limit the supply, right? Because yep. of the pandemic, it's because be of the concerns. Yep. They right. Right. So you so we are kind of in a position where we kind of have to like we, we're we're all artists, I think, that are not like major, major I have to let these big dogs eat first. Right. And then like to, to these points, summer you know, kind of that time when the majority of the population, assuming the majority of the population is vaccinated, I think you'll see a return to normalcy in terms of live shows. But I think the the people that are really making the hardline plans right now are going to be some of those 
um, those, those bigger companies. We have a lot of things in the works. Like we have a lot of things scheduled, but it's kind of one of those things where it's just difficult to lock anything in right now, you know? Yep. Uh, and that's kind of where I think the whole industry sits, no matter what market you're in. Um, and, yeah. and a lot of it depends on the stage. You know, for a while, Iowa was a destination spot this summer because we're one of the only places that had our bars open and venues open and whatnot. So there were some shows, but it still wasn't a good look. And ethically, you know, I, I manage book and manage a venue, a 3000 person venue it, at, at point people right having a show. You know, I think next right. summer, late next year is kind of more of that transition, hopefully, where we can move into getting it going again. Um, but being that this, in my opinion, is the hardest hit industry, the live music, the uh, small venue, the artist industry that where PPP loans don't help us. We have overhead costs, not staff if we don't have events. Um, mm-hmm. Besides streaming, what are some other ways have you guys uh, maintained, continue to make income, do your craft, you know, not not panic in a world where a lot of musicians had to just uh, shut it down and become a barista or something, you know, get a real job. And I shouldn't say real job, but a, a nine to five, you know, how, how have you guys maintained? Well, I think that the first thing that you do, you put yourself in good situations on the front end. So if something like this happens, you're not sitting there holding an empty bag. Yep. Right. So I think that, you know, we were really smart about the way we did a lot of our agreements in terms of the, the beginning of this year, um, you know, our manager, Chris, shout out to Chris, just really smart about the way we structure our agreements, really smart about, you know, how we get in, uh, in and out of agreements. So we were not, we obviously lost revenue, um, you know, yep. because of the, but it, we were, we were okay because we had a lot of those fail safes in place. Yeah. You know, so we were, we were, we had operating costs. It wasn't as much operating costs as we anticipated, but we had operating costs to business throughout the pandemic. Um, that, and that's just, that's just based on planning. That's all that was, was planning. We definitely took a hit, but you know, it wasn't, it could have been much worse if we didn't prepare for it on the front end. Yeah. And you made it, man. It's uh December 31st. Happy new year's by the way. You know, happy new year's. Happy, happy new year. Even bro. if you're sitting at home and, and I'm a big fan of, you know, it might be a new year, um, new start, whatever it is just another Friday. It's the next Friday. I, I'm a big fan of you control your destiny. You know, I play a lot of poker. Yep. You can win with any ha- hand, even the worst hand dealt to you. Right. You can still win the game. Uh, so uh, I, I'm not a big fan of saying, oh, 2020 is over. It's going to get better. Nah, you got to control that. Um, and I, right. especially as artists, you know, you guys are your own boss. You make your own income. You're in a whole different lifestyle than a lot of us. Um, what What's next if live music doesn't come back for years? Is it still kind of sustaining what you're doing now? Or do you guys have plans to kind of grow with the new times? I mean, we're, we're really focused right now on building the base of fans that we have. And by doing, you know, to do that, we're creating a lot of content right now and just, you know, basically pushing out the brand of, of Black Alack, of Fran and Z as, you know, real individuals and, and people are digging that. So we're, you know, we're actually growing right now and we're getting more and more people to like learn about us and, and you know, get in the mix. So we, we just want to keep like feeding those people and growing that avenue. So putting out more music, more content, and, you know, just balloon it up, man, to, to the day that things do get back to normal. And when they do, we'll have, you know, this big wave that we've been holding back. And I think that's one of you guys' strong points is the creative content, whether it's uh, visuals, videos, or little skits, or being on uh, podcasts around Austin, uh, you know, just getting out there. Um, you guys work with Gary Clark Jr., who I call the modern-day Jimi Hendrix. I'm, I coined that myself, by the way. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you that. Yep. I, I first saw him at Hinterland a couple years ago, and Sam Summers, who's the creator of Hinterland, he'll be on here in about ten minutes, actually eight minutes. 
uh, with us on Go Deep. And by the way, I'm joined right. here with Black Black Rap Duo out of Austin, Texas, Fran and Z. Uh, as I mentioned, currently working with Gary Clark Jr. What's it like to work with a, uh, you know, I don't even know what to describe his type of music. Um, but where does that take you as rap artists to be working with someone like that? I mean, he's, um, he's, he's, a very, he's a very uh, talented in a lot of areas. And so his musical theory and his ear are very, very advanced. And so um, being from a hip-hop space, um, it's, very, it's, easy. it's easier than you think it would be because he understands hip-hop from a cultural level and um, musically. He understands, like, what, he understands like, what it's supposed to sound like. What would you call um, his genre or how would you describe? I mean, obviously he rips the bass and guitar. Uh, but what would you, yeah. what, how would you describe him if you were describing who Gary Clark Jr. is or what type of music? I would say he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be like, come on, man. Uh, I would say like it's 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 like a <laughs> I would compare him. He's a he's a Careful, more he's lit Lenny Kravitz to where he can he doesn't really have a genre. He can just do whatever. You can call it rock. You can call it blues. But really, those are just those are just the sounds the guitar is making. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he it, just, it's he has that swagger you know, about him too. Why he's up there. Yeah, yeah. I say it's like more like a Lenny, where it's like, man, it could be any genre, but it's just it's just the juice. The the juice is what's making what makes the music, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh so I appreciate you guys being here, man. Uh, we're gonna jump into a couple more sports questions, then get you out of here. Again, Black Alack, rap duo out of Austin. Um I look forward to you guys hitting the tour, you know, the the main road again here in the next year or so and hopefully getting you back in Des Moines and getting Fran falling yeah. sideways again. Um hey. <laughs> Fran, I do have to touch on uh your sports world is a little messed up, and I, I don't know what's going on or where you're born or what, but you're a Sacramento Kings fan. fan. So one who lived in the Bay Area for six years, Bay Area, yeah, uh, yeah. would assume you spent a lot of time in the Bay Area to in the Bay Area to even have a, a fixture on the Sacramento Kings. Um, yeah. Why Why are you a fan of these teams? I spent some time in the Bay Area, but as an adult, never as a kid. So let me give you the rundown. You know, a kid growing up in Austin. Don't say Chris Webber. You don't. Um, no, I'm sorry. You don't. You like don't have any teams to root for outside of the Longhorns, right? Fair. So there's no pro team here. So and everybody football was the Cowboys, and everybody basketball was the Spurs. Okay, well I did not like the Cowboys at all. I Good. still don't. I never have. Um, and either. so the big rival was the Niners. And so out of spite, ah. I started rooting for the Niners because I hated the Cowboys so much. And then I saw this dude, number 80, Jerry Rice. And this guy was like, he's still the only football, I think Megatron's close. He's still the only football player I've seen that it looked like he wasn't trying that hard. Yeah. And he was just dominating, you know? Um, he looked like he wasn't, I never saw him breathing hard. He's always smiling. He wasn't. He never looked like he was trying that hard, and he would have like two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> you know what and, I mean? And he wasn't smoking um, people. He was just. He was just pure in everything his did. He did his cuts. You know, he was a beast. Yeah, he's a beast, man. And so, and then he just grew from there. I'm a loyal dude. I'm from Texas, you know. So my 49ers fandom just kind of grew from there. The Kings, very similar. I like the Spurs. Um, I, my dad liked the Rockets, so I didn't really like the Rockets. The Mavericks were like a joke at that time, and so I saw this dude. Oh, well, there's two guys. First was Mitch Rick, okay. and I was like, oh, man, this guy's so good, and he was a Kings player. And so I started following the Kings loosely, you know, but still not really claiming them. And then there was this dude named Jason Williams, oh, number white 55. Chocolate. White chocolate. White chocolate. And I was watching highlights, and I saw him cross over Gary Payton court mm. and hit a floater over Ben Baker mm. 
he's got to be, he had to be he's six feet even. And I was like, okay, who is this dude? Feet wide. And I was took the floater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, I'm hooked, man. And I was ever since then I was a king. Ever since that, I saw that first highlight from him. Like I said, I liked him a little bit, you know, but ever since I saw that first highlight where he crossed Gary Payton, I was like, oh man. And I've been a Kings fan ever since then. That was over 20 years ago. Yeah. I was about to say that's respect. And over 20 years ago, and even for five years after that, Turkaloo, uh, Peja, they had good teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the last 10 years, my man, uh, and, and they're coming up on a, I think they have good potential. They got a good team. Harrison Barnes is from this area. Uh, yeah. They got, they got a great core. But you might be waiting another three, four years before your Kings to make some noise. Uh, they see the coach, man. They see the coach. Hey, respect. I, I agree with that, actually. Uh, Z, I feel like you're probably too pretty. You don't like sports. Uh, you got a team, man? Um, no. no. I watch this. I've been a Lakers fan forever. So. Okay. That's true. That's true. I'll give him that. Yeah. You got to pick the winning team. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Black Black, Fran Z, I appreciate y'all joining us, man. We got to get out of here and head to break. Uh, Austin, stand up. Where can we find you online, man? Uh, you can find everything at blacklackmusic.com. That's B-L-A-C-K-I-L-L-A-C music.com. Or just hit us up on Instagram. Same thing, blacklackmusic. We're always up there, you know, causing a ruckus for us. Yes, sir. Yeah. I can't wait for South by Southwest to return in Austin City Limits so I can come out and see you in your natural environment, man. I always, sure. always appreciate you guys. I'll be back in Austin soon. I'll definitely be in touch. Like that, bro. Appreciate you. Yep. All right, that is Black Black Fran Zeely. This is Go Deep. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we got Sam Summers right here. Go Deep. You're tuned in to Go Deep on 1350 ESPN. Go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Special shout out to Tavian Banks, who joined us in the first hour. Not a big sports fan, but he made some bank on it bets for you. He's picking Ohio State as an underdog. He's picking Iowa State to lose. And he's picking Notre Dame to cover 20 points against Alabama. Obviously, he's not a sports fan. And obviously, he's a Hawkeye because who would pick the Cyclones to lose? Shout out to Tavian. He'll be back, or Tavian, he'll be back every week to do his bank on it segment. Uh, speaking of Cyclones, we're joined here with Sam Summers, owner of First Fleet Concerts, Woolies, Updowns, Hinterland Festival, Ernie's Boondocks. Did I miss anything in there, Sam? You got eight more projects on the way? Uh, <laughs> I think that's just about it for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Slowed it down. Uh, our Cyclones are favored by four points, man. I don't even care if they cover. Do you, you, you feeling confident? You think they're going to win this? I mean, after that, after that Oklahoma performance last night, I mean, I, you know, I placed a bet. Uh, <laughs> on Cyclones, it just you know, four point spread. I mean, it it you know, w- with what okay uh, to Florida yesterday, we should be a contender, right? Of confidence going into this game, and really what you know, the, all Big Twelve teams have done. Yeah, uh, and especially compared to last year, where Big Twelve was kind of a flop in the in the playoff or in the bowl season. Um, right, absolutely. With the big games, I know Tavian picked Ohio or uh, Notre Dame to cover twenty points. Alabama's been crushing people by 40 points every game, it seems. Uh, do you think Notre Dame can keep up with them, or do you think Alabama's got this wrapped up? Uh, Alabama's got this wrapped up. I don't think they lose a game by less than 10 points this season, and I think that trend continues into the playoffs. So, Yeah, and, uh, man, I just can't get... Yesterday I started getting nervous confident with Iowa State versus Oregon. I haven't thought about going down to Arizona, even though we can't go inside the game. 
Uh, but yesterday I just started getting those little butterflies like, oh, don't let us embarrass ourselves. It's been a dream season. Take away the uh, Big 12 championship. It's been a dream season. We I th feel like we should get a trophy for just making it through the season without any cancellation given COVID uh, as a team. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, the operations, like as far as, you know, not having to cancel any games, I think the Big 12 did pretty well with that um, compared to some of the other um Big uh, I, I know I know some games were canceled Big 12, but compared to some of the other conferences, I think, you know, we did good. Um, and really in the state of Iowa, I mean, you know, the Hawkeyes did great too, uh, keeping it, keeping it clean. Yeah. And I feel like the state of Iowa is quietly having a pretty big 2020, you know, little brother Drake is 11 and 0 in basketball right now, possibly oh going to be ranked next week, you know, with remnants of that little feeling we had in 2008 when they made a little, uh, uh, big or the tournament run. Yep. Uh, but then you got Iowa, you got Iowa State, uh, Brees Hall, Brock Purdy. You know, I feel like Brock Purdy one is not going pro. They're coming back next year. What do you what do you expect out of the Cyclone team if Campbell stays, Brock Purdy stays next year? I mean, I think I think there's going to be a lot of talk about you know Heisman for one of those two players if Brock returns. I think that they'll both both their names will be in the conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have a really good team at least in our talent positions and. Uh, I'm excited, you know, uh, coach stays, which I, I don't know why you would leave such a great job. Um, I think, I think, you know, we're going to have great momentum going into next year and, and beyond. So, yeah, I, I, I semi joke last week that I felt like it was time for, you know, if I was in Campbell's camp or part of his family, I would be telling him it might be time to flirt with the NFL because, uh, you know, you're, you're going to start as a top 10 team next year. Uh, the year after that, you might lose Brees. You're going to lose Purdy. <laughs> Uh, you know, yep. you're, you're, you might be peaking. It's kind of like when Ferenc had that five year window where they kept talking about right. Scott Pioli, Kansas city. And now you never hear this. If you were in Campbell's camp, would you say, okay, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence is not a bad market, you know, with right now say, okay, you got a great job, but you want to make it to that next level. Now is the time or you think he should just run I mean, it out? Yeah. You know, if you, if you have dreams of coaching in the NFL, then, you know, uh, much like the, the Hoiberg decision here, oh, you know, horrible, back, horrible decision, <laughs> right. But it's, it's like, if, if that's your desire to coach the NFL, then yeah, you got to play off momentum and it doesn't get any better than this. So, I mean, next year is going to be, um, a great year too for Iowa state, but I don't know. I mean, if I like to think that a college job would be great. I mean, you're the, you're the hero of the, the city and, yes. you know, Ames and, you're not going to go anywhere and get any more respected than you are here in Ames. And so um, it really comes down to what his goals are as a person, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really hope he stays. Me too. <laughs> I think we're really onto something special. Yep. Um, and, and I think uh, Hoiberg kind of set the mode of it may not always work out, you know? He, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it doesn't. And, and obviously that was something he wanted to go try out. And um, I, I should have happened, uh, but you know, I like where we're at now and we've had some great, player development over the last few years and um, players going on to to compete at the next level. I mean, we haven't seen this in a while. No, no, we haven't. And it, it, I, I can get used to it. You know, I don't want to see it go anywhere right. anytime soon. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of that, you know, uh, it stems from having a, a great AD. We, we don't talk about that enough. We talk a lot about agreed. our coaches, but Jamie um, Pollard's done a great job. Pollard, I mean, he's just put us in such great positions with these coaches, these young up and coming coaches. Um, you know, and Steve Prome as well, and and I, I can't praise him enough. I mean, that that is a huge asset for our our university, and you know, we really need to focus on making sure he is happy. So yeah, and he he's 
he's never been shy. He's always been aggressive. You, you say with Prome, whether it's Hoiberg, Campbell, and you know, again, last week I I slightly joked that just like Campbell's camp should say to him, hey, start flirting with the NFL. If I was in Pollard's camp, I'd say, hey, start flirting with a new basketball coach, possibly. Uh, with, yeah. how, how do you feel about Prome right now? Because I'm on the on the way out Prome feeling right now for me. Yeah. And I hate to say it because you know, I, I would love to have him on, but I hate it. <laughs> we're, we're torn. I mean, I, I think I think we've we've had a lot of player development, you know, players that have gone and been been recruited and, and um, you know, level uh, and then taken to the to the uh, NBA. But like, yeah, I worry about some of our set plays and our offenses we're running <laughs> and um, it, it, it gets, I, you know, I, I haven't watched a ton of games this year. Um you know, for good reason. You I, haven't missed I, much. It's ugly. It's ugly. We I've been getting dragged by the little team. on the NBA. So yeah, yeah. And like you said, if we can figure out his offense and know where the ball is going next, you got to assume some of these great college coaches are just going to destroy us once we get into Big Twelve. Uh, so it, it's, right. it's been a rough year. You know, one knock I have on Campbell, he hasn't beaten Iowa, but Prome hasn't really won with his own players. You know, and I. I yeah. I don't think it's part, all the way his fault because he had some players leave early two years ago who shouldn't have left, and then we lost Halliburton last year. Um, mm-hmm. But it was Hoiberg's players, for the most part, that are doing well in the NBA. Horton Tucker is an exception who's killing it with the Lakers, but um, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like Prome hasn't brought what we thought we were getting out of Prome. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I can hear that. Uh, so I, I just got off the phone with a rap duo out of Austin, Blackalack. They're actually signed to, they're the only artist signed to Gary Clark Jr., um, who we hope to have on here in a couple weeks. I, I, Clark Jr., I love Gary Clark, Clark Jr. because of you, because of Hinterland. And I can't remember if that was the first year or second year of Hinterland that he was there. Uh, but yeah, I oh, think that was the second year. That was yeah. second year. I want you to take me back to that first year of Hinterland. You're, you know, this this concept, this this festival that you designed yourself, one stage, all focused on that main stage at a beautiful place in St. Charles. Um, but the week of Hinterland at Waterworks Park, there was a flood. Take me back to that week of, okay, we got this huge event happening at Waterworks Park. There's a flood, and all of a sudden, you pull a Plan B uh, three days later and host it down in St. Charles. Take me back to that week and how everything went down. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it was especially overwhelming because it was our first year for the festival. We we didn't really know what to expect or how to do it. I mean, we knew how to do concerts and and book concerts and produce them outdoors, but you know, a very you know large undertaking. And so, as we started moving in. Um, you know, the week before, uh, at Waterworks, just kind of setting up and painting lines and that kind of stuff to, to see where everything went. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, it started raining and it really didn't stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I had a backup, um, which was down in St. Charles and, uh, you know, white and whatnot. And we, we knew that that would be a backup for the future. And so, um, I remember getting on the call and just, you know, hey, we're we're coming down there. We're, we can't <laughs> we can't pull this semi onto this field because there's two inches of water, and it you know it's going to sink. And so um, I made the call. A lot of it just kind of happened. I don't remember all the details on it, but uh, we <laughs> we we just we started trucking everything down there, and we didn't have an option to not have it happen in my mind. So. You know, we were going to work long hours to get it done, and so people stepped up and did a lot of different roles that they, you know, weren't planning on doing. Um, had to make some last-minute adjustments. I mean, we didn't really know what to expect with camping, so we just refunded everybody and made it free. Um, and and it really, like, it helped us figure out things for future years. You know, we went in, we set it all up, 
got it all produced. You know, I don't remember anything about the festival itself, but I remember down after it happened, um, you know, pulling all this, the crew in and whatnot, getting pretty emotional and just, you know, um, just celebrating the fact that we made it happen. And I don't know how, um, yeah, it was and, incredible and it was glorious, man. It was one of the, I've been to festivals all across the country. Uh, it was one of the greatest festivals I've been to. And it's partly of the landscape and partly of mm-hmm. just the, the vibe, the music that you chose, the booking. I mean, you're a booking genius and I, I think you're well-respected among all circles. I was in Austin three weeks ago talking to some live nation AEG guys and they, they love you. They never met you, but they love you. They love what you do for the market. Um, you know, for you to take all that of your favorite bands and put them on one stage and make Iowa enjoy it is something that we haven't seen in, in this market in a long time. Uh, when you look at your favorite type of music, who are your top bands? Who did you grow up to? And, and yeah. who would you look forward to? Who haven't you seen also that you would love to see? Right. Well, I mean, I grew up in kind of like, uh, you know, underground music, um, more underground than this, right? Like, so some heavy, you know, what they call hardcore, um, you know, metal type stuff. Uh, but I, I, I kind of moved into um, more like poppy stuff, I would say when I was in college and I, um, and, and booked primarily that, I mean, one of the first bands I booked was Fall Out Boy. So, um, you know, from there I was very, I was kind of a one trick pony. I was booking mostly pop punk stuff and that's what was doing well. And it, it worked. And, you know, I decided I needed to figure out how to diversify a little bit if I wanted this to be a sustainable career. Um, so I started booking a little bit of everything and, and then gradually my, my interest changed. And I would say, you know, what makes Hinterland so easy for me to do is that those are my favorite bands that I'm booking. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's fun, uh, to, to be able to, uh, do the bands you want. And then it's also fun to have it received so well by people. So I think that's how I can authentically produce Hinterland is because it's exactly what I would want, you know, and that's really the, the easiest thing to do is what you want. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, building a festival for yourself and having 20, 30,000 people enjoy it with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, live music, festivals, small venues, I feel like this has been the hardest hit in, uh, industry during the pandemic with the least assistance so far. You know, you talk about mm-hmm. hospitality and everything else. PPP loans don't really work in our industry. Uh, we have overhaul, mm-hmm. overhead costs. Um, how have you been able to adjust in this pandemic? I see Willie's pumping out shows every day still. So, so socially mm-hmm. distanced, wearing masks. Uh, how did you make that adjustment and still be sustainable? Because most of these small venues aren't going to make it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, coming into the pandemic in a pretty good position is really what has helped us. Um, you know, but it, it has been an insane struggle here. Um, you know, you mentioned Woolies kind of having shows here right now. Yeah. We, we do, we do have um, some shows on weekends and whatnot, but you know, those are such reduced capacity that, you know, many of them are operating at a loss, but it, it allows our, um, our staff who wants to work to continue working and, and kind of keep the story going. Um, I think, you know, early on it was helpful getting, you know, the PPP for the venue, um, to kind of help, you know, bridge the gap on some of our, uh, employees and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, over the, over the last few months, it's, it's been really difficult. Fortunately, we've had a state that, um, has allocated some CARES dollars to the industry, um, across the state, you know, and, and they just started rewarding those. Yep. So that's going to be really great um, for holding us over federal funds hit, which um, I don't know if you dove into this new stimulus bill, but there's a section that is, is really great for promoters and venues, yeah, um, we call that. which is like, 
there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah, so. I agree. And especially with the vaccine coming, um, which leads me into my next question. You know, Hinterland was canceled, postponed for this uh, this year, yeah. uh, moving into next year. Um, will there be a Hinterland this year, this upcoming year in 2021? And if there is or not, when do you actually see normal concerts and festivals returning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, my mind right now and for the last, you know, well, ever since I moved it to this, you know, 2021 says it will 100% happen. Um, you know, with that, a lot of things do need to happen. You know, the vaccines to roll out um, to the general population. People need to take it. We need to get better on some of our testing stuff. Um, all things that I think will, uh, you know, move in the right direction over the next few months. Um, but we'll be able to watch and, and make sure that stuff does happen and make sure there's no surprises like, you know, um, new strains or yeah. whatever that's going to make it difficult. But all my attention right now for 2021 is getting Hintelin produced safely um, and happening um, however we need to do that, and then also getting Woolies back to full by uh, fall. By you know, fall? Like, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where that's kind of where everybody's head's at right now, uh, or at least the last go-around of moving concerts. It was moving everything to the fall. And we've announced a couple uh, big touring shows for the fall that, um, that you know, we haven't done that since March, right? Like yeah. there hasn't been big shows being announced. And so the fact that some artists are willing to put that out there means there's a level of confidence within the industry. Um, I'm sure there's, I, I know there's a lot of uncertainty, especially when it comes to, you know, large shows, large arenas, particularly indoor stuff. Um, but it's only here um, as far as like, you know, moving in the right direction. You know, I think this next month that, and a half is going to be very challenging, um, you know, with, with the pandemic. But um, I, I am looking at uh, this fall as like a bright spot. So Nice. It's good, good to hear that. I've been hearing, you know, late 2021, early 2022, especially for the bigger shows or more premium shows at lesser capacity. Uh, but good to hear yeah. that, you know, Hinterland, which is an outdoor festival. So a lot more possibility on a big space that you have there is definitely a possibility in your head. Yeah, yeah. And it's the nice thing about Hinterland is we have so much space. And so, yep. you know, as we're looking at next year, um, you know, there'll probably be some changes as far as like, how do we space camping? How do we space people? You know, how do we, um, you know, allow people more space? And, and the nice thing about down there is we, we have unlimited space really. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, if it's possible, we're going to do, if it's possible to produce the festival safely, it's happening. So, and you guys have it, uh, set up like we're a totally yeah yep and with returning acts right from this previous year yeah we did we returned um all but two acts and they were wow. smaller acts that didn't return so all the same headliners so that's um, acts? Added, is that right what's that is that about 40 acts uh no it's let's see about 28 28 so, wow so we're adding a few more too so like we'll we'll make an announcement when the time's right here the the bands we're adding and and they are three very hyped bands in this scene wow. um which okay. is awesome because i was very happy with last year's lineup and to be able to add th these three additional bands is is really gonna you know be icing on the cake yeah what is the uh website again for people to check out hinterland if they've never been or if they want to yeah. try to grab a ticket it's uh hinterland iowa.com hinterland iowa.com uh, and, and Sam, in the first hour, I kind of went through a kind of a sports timeline calendar of this past year, 2020, 
Um, anything from the Last Dance dropping early in April 19th to Tiger King dropping in March to kind of get us through this quarantine. Uh, but almost a year ago now, January 26th, can you remember where you were January 26th when Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed and you heard the news that everyone on board had passed away? Where was I? Let's see. It's, oh man, coronavirus just wiped out anything. Yeah, the, you know, it felt like we went home from March till June and nothing it happened. It was around the Super Bowl, I feel like. It was, I, it was a, oh, the week before the, I think Tuesday before, before the, Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. Super Bowl was February 2nd. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't remember specifically where I was at. Okay. I was yeah. probably researching coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty heavy on Reddit, uh, you know, so I was, <laughs> I was in that uh, coronavirus subreddit in January just freaking myself out about everything. Yeah, I think it was around the time when the whole nation was shooketh. And, you know, January 20th was the first known U.S. coronavirus case in uh, the state of Washington. Six days later, Kobe passed away. And then the Super Bowl was that following Sunday, February 2nd. So it all kind of happened pretty quick. I mean, I personally remember even with the shutdown, I was I felt like I left Bacon Fest, you know, March 8th or whatever it was, and then didn't leave my house again until June 8th. You know, so it feels like this year has, you know, people say it's been a long year, but it felt like it flew by almost. I mean, an important date for us was March 13th, which was the Friday where everything kind of stopped for concerts. Yep, exactly. Um, I mean, we had stuff loading in and they were like, nah, we're not going to play. So (laughs) that was basically like, that was when it all kind of stopped. And at that point, you know, I was telling my employees, you know, I I think it's two weeks or whatever. (laughs) And then uh, it just kind of, expanded yeah here, here we are december 31st still wondering you know but I, I, yeah I, sta- I saved a couple of uh clippings from like the new york times or whatever and just looking back at the numbers when it when it first started you know it's like ten thousand cases worldwide you know it's like it, yeah, it's pretty yeah. unbelievable where we we are at yeah, especially knowing that you know there was opportunities to kind of slow this thing up but you know that's here nor there now yeah. <laughs> we have a vaccine coming uh i appreciate your time man i'm gonna let you get out of here um sam summers owner of woolies up down ernie's boondocks is it owner ernie's boondocks am i saying that right uh yeah ernie's boondock yep where did that name come from uh just when i was a kid i went to a camp um uh i forget it was like a day camp in urbandale and we went out to pull oh what was that big creek i forget what camp it, or where what park it was but out in Polk. Um, Polk City, Taylorville, City, maybe. I believe, and, and there's a, a guy named Crazy Ernie that they would tell us hid underneath the uh, bridges. So it's kind of folklore, you know, it's oh. a campy bar. So yeah, <laughs> it's a great bar. You can get super cheap beers, super cheap whiskey. <laughs> yeah, cheap beers, cheap burgers. Yep, food yep. truck on the bat. So I mean, you got a lot going on, man. Any new uh, establishments popping up for 2021, or are you just going to focus on the Hinterland thing? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna put all my energy into this and. Uh, Collecting sports cards. We can talk more about that next time I'm on. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely check in on that in three weeks. I actually just got a new pack of uh, Top Flight from like 1988 that I'm excited to open up. So we'll definitely nice. jump into that, man. I appreciate you being here. I hope you have a happy new year. You got big plans tonight? Uh, I just bought a bo- I got a bottle of champagne, and my wife and I are going to chill at home. Nice. That's the way to do it, man. You don't want to be caught in pictures down on Court Avenue. <laughs> exactly. PR. Uh, appreciate you, All man. Right. Sam, uh, we'll talk to you soon. You have a good one. Okay. Sounds good. Happy Thank new year. You. L. Sam Summers, owner of First, First Fleet Concerts, Woolies, Up Downs, Hennerland, Nightfall on the River. He does that man does a lot, and he's a, a pioneer and a fixture in our our live music scene here in this market, which is why I want to bring him on. Uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, but I want you to hop on the phone lines, talk to me five one five two four four thirteen fifty. This is Go Deep. I'm your host Tyreek.
Welcome back to Go Deep with your host, Tyreek, live from the Horizon Event Center Studios. Hotline 515-244-1350. We're going to open up the phone lines the last five minutes. 515-244-1350. You can call Tavian, Tavian Banks' uh, bank on it, where he picked Oregon to beat Iowa State or cover against Iowa State, Notre Dame to cover 20 points against Alabama, and Ohio State to cover uh, 7.5 points against Clemson. So uh, call in if you want to challenge him. You can win a $50 gift card to 1908 Draft House if you win. And uh, also if you win, we're going to punish Frenchie, since who decided to take a vacation this week, and uh, send him to Teehee's open mic next Thursday, uh, where he'll be socially distanced doing his own little bit. So uh, call in 515-244-1350. Big shout out to owner of Willie's Henderland Festival coming on, talking Cyclones. Uh, the guy knows his, he knows his things about sports. He knows his sports, right? When it comes to the Cyclones, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, and uh, I'd be interested in asking some about the sports card industry, which has been insane this year. Yes, it's I've, been blown back up. People stuck at home getting I've bored. I've been again. in it my whole life, and now I'm like outpriced because the cards have went so so high that I can't, you can't find them no, in stores. I, I joke with my buddy Brad, the last like four months, he's just been on this collector's card kick on all types of old stores that you shouldn't be in buying these cars i'm like bro they're worth two dollars you can get the bazookas for more uh but really right now it's he's got some good money yes. in his pocket, so i'm it's, excited to get sam back on in a couple weeks it, it's wild yeah at the start of this i started collecting i guess just like everybody else and now i you yeah. can resell cards for uh, i mean you sit outrageous. at home on ebay all day and they got groups on facebook for all of it you know yep uh also special shout out to uh austin rap duo black Alack joined us talking their sports um they, and talking about the lifestyle in Austin right now, man, that, that's a live music city, and it's completely shut down as far as live music. Their bars are open, but you don't have you don't hear uh, live music walking past every open door like you would in a normal year. So, uh, you know, shout out to Sam for letting us know that. Hopefully, we have something to look forward to next fall, a possible Hinterland Festival, uh, and the return of live music. Uh, Willie's is going to uh, introduce some big names. Hopefully, that means Horizon Event Center is going to introduce some big names as well. So, I'm excited to get back into that. Uh, big shout out to Tavian Banks for coming through. Dante Powell, the big O, always coming through. He'll be back next week with his segment. Uh, it's been a good day, man. I hope you guys have a safe New Year's. You got about 90 seconds to hit the phone line, 515-244-1350. 515-244-1350. I hope my Cyclones can not only cover the four points, but just drag the Oregon Ducks. Shout out to my buddy Adam Brown out in San Francisco, a big Oregon graduate. And he wanted to meet me in Phoenix just to uh, talk trash the whole time, which I'm a big fan of trash talk. Uh, but I feel like the Cyclones are going to do it. I'm just a little afraid to put money on it and get too confident about it. Are you Are you a Cyclone fan, Dustin? I am. I originally, I mean, I'm a huge Wisconsin Badger fan. Yes, so yesterday was great. But I have kind of adopted them as my Iowa. I have all the teams. Sorry, Hawkeye Cyclone? fans. I just uh, Are there Hawkeye fans <laughs> anymore? I mean, look at them. I know plenty of them. But uh, I know a lot of Cyclone fans, too. I'm not sure why. I guess maybe because we're. Well, I'm a little bit closer to Ames. Uh, being in Des Moines. I, I thought that moving back to Des Moines that I would uh, run into a lot more Cyclone fans than Hawkeye fans, but for some reason, these Iowa City cats are just all around the Metro, man. You know, They're all over. They're, they're everywhere. You gotta and, love them, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love to talk trash. So, you <laughs> yes, know, and, yep. and I was one of those teams where I was still root for them. I was going to root for them yesterday. Uh, so, Yep, I, was, I mean, all Big Ten, especially right yeah, now. Yeah. We wanted to, to look good and, to and Big 12, too. And Wisconsin had a good game. It looked like they were about to get dragged at the first quarter. They, uh, but they, they actually were doubled up on yards, like 520 to 260. Really? And they still won by 14. That little uh, interception to the one-yard line kind of changed the game for you. There was four straight interceptions, so... That'll, uh, that's hard to win I'll if you're throwing that many. <laughs> so. That sounds like my wins on the Eagles. All <laughs> yeah. right, ne next week on Go Deep, man, stick around. We got Seneca Wallace, Cyclone Great, and current Cowboys uh, 
coaching assistant. He'll be joining us. We also have uh, NFL linebacker Najee Good. Used to play for my Eagles in the 2000 Super Bowl championship run. So you know I got to bring that up with him. I believe he's with the Colts right now. So he'll be joining the show as well next week. Uh, this is Go Deep. I appreciate you being here, Dustin. Hey, man, I think we should just switch out Frenchy. Tell him to stay in Florida. I'll be here anytime. Yeah, he, he had more fun down yeah, there. Yeah, Iowa Cup season isn't starting anytime soon, is it? Well, let's hope. We're ready. <laughs> Hopefully, we're getting back to the normal, man. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tariq. Next Thursday, we'll see you. The Des Moines Radio Group Station and home of ESPN Radio. This is 1350 ESPN. 7.1 FM. Des Moines Sports Leader. This is Greeny with Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN+. Plus.